well, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out at BK Glue Guys on Twitter, <laughs> NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio. Brian. That was a smoky one. Like that was, uh, I was channeling my inner seal for that one. Yeah, no, and I, I feel bad. So what we we have a different setup today. Can't tell you where I am, but Brian is back in his apartment, and we're here's, doing this here's, where, here's what I have to know about where Mike is. He's not at home because his nephew is ruling the roost right now. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately cede my ground to whatever male figure has entered into my home, and he yeah. has taken over and eats a donut a day and a glass of milk at night. That is yeah. what my nephew does. Well, I- that 16 year old took took one long look at you and said i i got i got this mike you (laughs) (laughs) clear out he he hero balled me and now i'm out of the apartment uh actually he's gonna take me to a movie tomorrow because he works oh that's nice he works at a a movie theater he works he? he works at regal theaters back home in new jersey no kidding and he has a special deal where he can go to any regal theater get himself and a guest in at half the price and he can get up to four items at the concession stand for half the price as well. So I'm pretty excited about that, Brian. Nice. Nice. Always good to get a – you got a guy. Bottom line, you got a guy. I got a guy. All right. So what, what I will say this. The Nets have gotten some guys. Um, well, I think <laughs> just one guy. Um, so when we last spoke, it was before free agency, and we were trying to figure out what the Nets may do. Now we have a clearer picture of what the Nets have done and may continue to do. What we thought what we will do is uh, <laughs> is uh, go through some listener email. We solicited your emails, netspot at gmail, and what yeah. we're going to do is kind of roll through them for free agency. You ready for that, Bri? It, well, in general, I think we should we should like uh, layer this in there that I think going forward, we're going to try to do two episodes a week, and the first of the week will be a more like listener interaction heavy, nets heavy kind of episode, and then down the line, you know, down, down the week as, as the news gets stale, um, do some more, a little bit more, you know, league centric stuff and, uh, and more of our pontificating specifically. How does that sound like? Is that, should I even say that? Should, should we edit no, that I, out? I love letting people in on plans that we're never actually going to follow through to, but it, yeah. I think, <laughs> no, it, that is what is going to happen. We're, we're yeah. going to try to do two week next season. Uh, it's going to be a big season for the Nets. And yeah, yeah so we're going to get it rolling. And as you said, yeah, the first episode of the week, the Monday, Tuesday episode will be, the sort of nets the super net centric pod the second one will be net centric plus some little league analysis that we'll have really quick really quick before we jump into the email because there wasn't a ton of the emails about this and i just wanted to say have you watched much summer league we're for for uh for the record we are currently missing but we're going to go back and watch the tape i have it recording um (laughs) but uh we we are missing this third uh game have you watched much of this yeah, but so my again, I've kind of we've already expressed this to you, but my general disappointment is the fact that this is basically our starting lineup and they're not winning games. Uh, mm. I mean, I know oh, come it's on, not. Mike. People are gonna people are gonna take Twitter <laughs> and they're gonna be like, Mike forgot about Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell. What is he talking about? He's I've, got. Well, we've got some emails that people say Jeremy Lin's coming off the bench this year if we get KCP. Everyone's so excited about KCP, but. Uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, okay. Here's my take on summer league. One, it it uh, um, these are guys that were out there in crunch time for the Nets last year. They're playing in the summer league and they're not winning games. That is sad. Uh, they not. They won a game. They lost a game. <laughs> yeah, the game I watched. The game I watched, they lost. So that's all that counts. Yeah, let's see. Um, and it's Jared Allen not being there is a bummer uh, because I want to see that dude dunk on some people. His hands look enormous. He has great hair, and I want to see him dunk all over dudes. And I can't see that, and that makes me upset. 
as a Nets watcher? What's your take? Yeah. Um, as as a, sorry, I'm just getting emails. As as we're talking, the, the lines are still hot. Um, They're popular. My my hot take. Gosh. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I love. First of all, let me just say that Kenny Atkinson working the sidelines thoroughly throughout this whole thing puts a smile on my face. Uh, meanwhile, they're cutting to Jason Kidd constantly with his big dumpy <laughs> bucks fitted on, <laughs> just just taking phone calls. Uh, probably from you know his bookie. Who knows? Um, slander, slander. Nah, this is you know. I think we're well allowed done. to have personal animus at this point. Everyone understands that that's that that's just hyperbole, right? Yeah. I hope. Um, yeah. So, like, as far as the on-court product, I'm willing to be a little bit more lenient. Uh, as you know, I I've, so Levert obviously is sort of has attempted to uh, stand out, maybe to a fault in the last. In the last game, I don't know. I, I watched uh, the the first one pretty closely, and I was in and out of the second one. Um, so I don't know. You tell me if that's incorrect. I think that's. I mean, I think it's sort of a continuation. I know we got an email about Levert. I think it's a continuation of what we saw previously, where it's like he looks good shooting, but his shot doesn't go in, and yeah. he make he makes the right shots or he takes the right shots, but doesn't make them. I do yeah. think there's a, there's all kinds of years. What I love about this time of year is, is when uh, the the statistics come out of like LeBron James shot under thirty seven percent in summer league, and, stuff like that. Um, and it's and it's all true. You know that stuff's it really doesn't. I, hey, look, I played basketball for the first time in in months. Oh my god, I was I could not shake the rust off at any point. I was I was breaking free throws everywhere. I let I let everyone off the hook summer league. I really don't read into it at all, even a little bit. No matter no matter how good you are. Yeah, and it's it's a, such an uncomfortable situation. One, you're being thrown with guys that you know will not that that won't yeah. matter in a week. Um, guys, and also like those. This is like their, you know, their their all of their hopes and dreams are hinging upon like getting like you know eight points in one of these summer league games, and you're going to be the one with a guaranteed money and you know a probably a starting position, and you're now what you're going to prohibit that guy from getting his looks. I don't know. It's a difficult spot to be in mentally. I love I love summer league basketball. Like it's it it is truly exciting every time it happens. One because you get you get the great crowd reactions of of pl- actual players that are in the stands. Like the Nets have a massive contingent of guys in Vegas right yeah. now. I think it's awesome that it's in Vegas. I mean that makes so much sense. Every guy's going to be there. Uh, but it's a weird mix of basketball because it's that G League mentality of I got to get my shots combined with young guys who just want to do right for the team who are on the team already, like, like a Jared Allen type, even though he's not playing. Um, so it's just like an odd little sort of like shotgun, go for the ball, go for the shot players mixed in with guys who just like want to impress the coaching staff. And hmm. when those clash together on the court, it just makes for some compelling basketball. And you get like, there are excellent, you know, highlights out of it because you have real NBA players playing against guys that yeah. weren't even that good in college who were just getting a tryout for a week, essentially. Um, yeah. But well. but Nets Summer League, I mean, I don't know. I you, What what would have made me really had the hair on the back of my neck stand up would have been mm. something like Levert is just an, an all-world ball handler, distributor, scorer, or Rondé debuted a shot. If Rondé came out with a shot, I'd be like, have a, I'd really stand up and take attention. He's debuting a great new haircut. By the way, you guys have to see the hairs on the back of Mike's necks. They're like it's like uh, like from the fly. Constantly need to be shaved. Constantly need to be shaved. <laughs> Just kidding. I think on that note, that. let's uh, mail it up. Okay. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time.
All right. All right. Take us out. Take us there out. Take us out. Nothing that. Um, I don't know if you want to be Johnny on the spot with the Cena thing, but we have a bunch of emails. So the Cena drop. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me get the, let me get the Cena <laughs> drop. You you can talk, but I'll get the Cena drop. Um, we have to make a, a variety of wrestling entrance drops. I think just to because people do hate <laughs> the drops. There's a fifty fifty divide. People that love them and hate them. I don't understand hating um, them because th- this is a a staple of all audio form listening I, I, I thought so too but uh people have you know bad reactions to it they also hate the zelda opening which i might I might not at least just try to find a higher def version of at some point i did get offered so i didn't want to stomp on thomas's ground but a friend of a friend uh is a pretty decent <laughs> little poppy electronic musician and he, oh. he, he like just straight out because I told him I had a podcast. He's like, I will make you an intro. And I was like, all oh, right. Hell yeah, I mean, dude. Yeah. You want we, me to hit that we need up? One. We need a real one. We all want right. some, some uh, pop. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Let's Let me hear one of the Cheer boy. Rasmus Middleton. There you go. How does that feel when it's together? Because here's what's funny it ducks <laughs> on my end when, when I do it. So I can't actually hear uh, when I'm talking. Yeah, I mean, you sound fine. It's going to sound interesting all throughout. And listeners, yeah. I'm sorry, but we're just going to have to roll with it. Let's not do the scene of thing. Let's not complicate it. Rasmus, you got you got the one, you lucky dog. Um, anyways, he says, this one is uh, one of my favorites ever. So what's, he says, what's poppin', fellas? Uh, you guys are both great. Capitals, all capitals, great. You're great, Rasmus. And thanks to everybody. Again, I cannot stress how much it means to me when you email me at netspod at gmail.com and we get to talk about your questions on air because it's it's the most fun um anyway so he goes goes on to say mike how do you host a nets podcast and you're not even a nets fan (gasps) um don't tell him like like it just confuses me i'm just saying that everyone (laughs) i'm just saying what everyone else is thinking um the only qualification to host a sports podcast is to be a fan of the team so this is me forcing you to become a Nets fan, love you, Big Raz. Love you back, Big Raz. Um, now, Mike, I'm going to give you an, an opportunity to answer this in in whatever way you want, but I just wanted to preface it with my interpretation of how this came to be. Is that is that okay with you, Mike? That's okay with me. So, long a long time ago, many moons ago, when we were just boys, you know, we would we would lay out in the grass under the stars and think, "Gosh, what are we what are we going to be when we grow up?" And and Mike would whisper in a very low voice he would say things and this is actually true i've heard you say uh like i see myself like being a like working my way up from like i want to be in wyoming covering a college football team or like a high school football team for 10 years and work my way up the ranks <laughs> um never, and never i always thought that that was very telling mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. yes and so it stopped me when any of this is incorrect like that was a thing That's, that, you... that was incorrect for sure <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's the thing. I used to be like, I would, I would like want to work in a, you know, like I, I, here's my, I guess the point of that. Yes. Mike doesn't see himself. He, he's a professional. That's how he sees himself. And I think I've been working, and and the the glisteners and the Nets community have been working, you know, shearing away his hard edges against the team that he's covering, where he's been covering for the last like four years. Um, and we're getting there, but at his core, he wants to he wants to create this facade that he's this objective reporter, um, and that's it. Yes, I'm a Costas, I'm a Costas, a Tarico, <laughs> not even a Berman. I'm a, I'm straight, Joe Buck. That's who I am. No, yeah. Um, 
Wait, so what, what, and what actually happened was, this is pretty funny, um, you messaged me on, do you remember this? You messaged me on Facebook a year before we actually started the pod. We started the pod on, after yeah. the Garnier, Garnett and Pierce trade. That's when we began doing this. Um, mm-hmm. And we were called, can we tell people what we were called before? Yeah, of course. We were the Patroons, which I still, yeah. I still have in my heart as like a great name. Um, yeah. If you don't know what a Patroon is, it was a former CBA basketball team in Albany, I think it was. Phil mm-hmm. Jackson played on it. And a Patroon is a Dutch settler who, who yeah. people who came over and created uh, New York City. Well, not and they, and they were over. famous for uh, being cobblers and they had their like Dutch clogs was the uh, the logo of the team. So like a year before we even started the pod, Brian messaged me on Facebook saying, let's do a podcast. And I and I didn't even I mean, I maybe I did. Maybe I said I was too busy, <laughs> but I really wasn't. I just like didn't know. I was like, why would I do a podcast about the Nets? But then, you know, yeah. this, the, the Garnett Pierce trade happened and then we just jumped right into it. And we've been potting ever since. And the team is. We we can easily say our pod began at the peak of yeah it's been a this, steady the, the a Billy steady King trade decline yeah and now now we have we've gone through the cellar the abyss and we're clawing our way out we're clawing our, our way out with the with the Sherpa that is Sean Marks and mm-hmm. we're we're getting there uh, but yeah great, uh, I don't hate great... I mean I like I don't I I like the Nets I want them to do well. I actually want them to beat the Wizards because it makes us our pod more interesting. Um, yeah, man. No, oh, I, I got love for the Nets. Come on, man. I'm. Uh, I, I like the Nets more than Jay Z actually phony does. That sounded. Oh my lord! Don't even start. <laughs> I'm. I'm a mercenary. I'm like Jason Kidd. I have no allegiances to any team, any jersey I'm wearing. I'm yeah. a mercenary. I do think that we should try to make Sean the Sherpa marks uh, a thing. We should try to make that happen. I think Um, we need someone. Hey, anyone out there in Nets universe, if you can uh, sort of do some computer magic and make Sean Marks into a Sherpa via some clever graphicking, whatever you call it, please send it to us. Doug Birick, happy birthday, by the way. You know it's Doug Doug Birick's birthday? Uh, I didn't, and I'm really – hey, Doug. Happy birthday, brother! One of our top listeners. Come on. Um, it's a. Sh- I, I'm worried about being uh, politically incorrect with the Sherpa thing. I don't even know what a Sherpa is. It's a Himalayan thing. There's no. There's no incorrectness. Okay. Um, moving along. Next up, Cherboy. This is Siv. Siv Cheruvu. Um, Cherboy. So um, he says. <clears throat> Thanks for being so great with answering questions on the pod. Thank you for being so great sending questions. Um, considering Carroll started 72 games last year, is it premature to say he's passed his ACL injury? As a follow-up, assuming Carroll stays healthy, what will be Karis LeVert's role in the rotation? Um, so, I don't know. I've, I've, I, You know what I like to do, Mike, when, I, when we acquire a new player? What's that? I like to go to that team's uh, forum on SB Nation and just read as much as I can about about what they say about him. Uh, nobody is high on Damari Carroll in Toronto. Yeah, um, yeah that's the, for sure. The, the consensus is his lateral mobility is really just shot. Um, he relies on others to a fault. Um, so, you know, I, I'm looking at this as primarily the contract 
dump that it is sort of being marketed as. I know you have higher hopes for Damari Carroll. This is one of the few times that you'll ever hear us have dissenting opinions on anything. <laughs> um, but I know that you see him having a role as uh, as a grinder and a uh, a multi tool of of a sort. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that, Mike? Well, I think he actually fits with. So what they want Rondé Hollis-Jefferson to be, that slashing four, is what Carroll should be. You know, I think you're right. You know, Everything you hear about Carroll is that his lateral quickness is gone, and he's not the guy that we remember on that Hawks team that was so awesome. Um, his averages in terms of shooting percentage and stuff is basically the, re- the reason why they're off is because he's missed a shot a game from both three-point and from two-point. So that shoots his averages down by about, you know, point you know, about a, a from let's say it was at like forty percent for three point outs at thirty five. Um, this team needed a guy like though at, at this position. I think he's their power forward. I know he should probably should be a small forward, but he's their power forward. You're you're gonna catch a lot of s for that. I guarantee it. What the fact that he's that he's gonna be there, uh, first of all play the four. I think he's gonna play a lot of four Wait, for this <laughs> team. I don't I don't know if he's a starting four. So? I yes, he's gonna play a lot. This team is not. One, they don't have any power forwards. They have Trevor Booker is their only pure power forward, and he's not even, to be honest, at this point, Booker is slim enough where he's not that much of a power. By the way, did you see the picture of Andrew Nicholson with uh, Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell? No. Andrew Nicholson is looking fit. And yeah. if, there, if there's anything I'm a sucker for, it's shirtless photos <laughs> of athletes in the offseason. It's me the 15 it. pounds of muscle? 15 pounds of muscle, baby. We're going to be reading stories about that. Uh, pretty soon. No, I'm. This is this is a salary dump, right? I mean, it is, but it's also like he has some ability. He started 72 games for the Raptors. Uh, it is kind of telling that he started 72 games, and I think he scored what like eight points a game. You you know, like that's not good. Um, but I don't know. I mean, and Atkinson knows who he is. They they he coached him, Damari Carroll in Atlanta. It just. I when you saw the trade one that they got the first round pick and the second round pick that's awesome that's a full draft that they now have to actually play with this is a guy that I believe let's say he okay so he had the ACL injury and he wasn't that good last year let's say he he improves by a couple points a game shows a little bit more quickness that come back I think he's a guy who's going to be super valuable next season for the Nets to trade because what we're already mm-hmm. seeing is. Salary cap space is at a premium already again. After the salary cap spike, there's already this was a huge amount of spending that happened. Teams blew their load and now are Jesus, but, Mike, come on. No, I mean, oh, is that what is that bad? <laughs> and then and then uh now we're running to the Nets for help. Teams like the Nets for help. Damari Carroll's fifteen million dollar expiring deal is gonna be super important again remember when expiring contracts were like gold in the nba like the rayfler friends expiring contract was an amazing thing to so the nets now control an expiring contract for a guy who can actually play a little bit of ball so like you could hopefully hopefully he plays well this year to where next year you can dangle him in front of some teams that maybe have a luau dang type contract and you say We'll give you this expiring for your wild dang type contract and another first round pick so they can keep building sort of like a snowball effect off of this mm-hmm. one bad contract. I mean, that's going to happen. Expirings mm-hmm. will matter. They already almost matter in the NBA. Next season, when he is an expiring, they will most distinctly matter. But again, there's going to be 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say on the court, I'm not I'm not pessimistic. I mean, I'm, he's a better player than than they had before. He's better player than Hamilton was or whatever. So the uh, snowball effect you're talking about, this is like I, I wonder how many. Like we're in such a unique uh, position. I think you tweeted out that Deadspin article earlier, um, which oh, was very good. The Ringer, the Ringer, yeah. Or was it the Ringer? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I was just thinking, like when you're saying the snowball effect here, how like can you ever point to a time where that's been a, a necessary tool? Like no team has had this few assets for this period of time. Like there are going to be new uh, buzzwords, like like a snowball, a snowballing pick, or whatever, or a snowballing expiring. Um, because of like what this team can do uh, monetarily in the absence of actual assets, um, and that's a really interesting one, and one that I hadn't really thought about is just like ha- like just doing that repeatedly with the same with yeah. the same with the same. Yeah. Ter- I mean, like Mozgov's contract in three seasons will be something of value um, yeah. because I think people have already forgotten what it was like to have an, a big expiring. Big expirings mean something. Uh, in the NBA, because it lets people get get themselves out of something awful. Like they could flip Damari Carroll next season for Alan Crabb and get you know two first round picks for Alan Crabb and just a terrible that terrible contract that he still he still will have at that point. Um, yeah. Again, I mean, I'm not I'm not hating it, and then, you know we could talk about this later, but it's still why I'm not. I don't understand this rush from Nets fans to want to spend all their money. Why do why do they why do they so desire? Cantavius Caldwell Pope when he's just going to suck up the cap. Shouldn't shouldn't like oh, the we're going to we're going to get to that. There's a 100 I know. Cantavious but I I'm, I'm just just in general. Like just don't let's not let's not do the same thing that they used to do where they would just give money to everyone and you don't want to be that NBA team anymore. And I don't think Sean Marks wants to be that. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But yeah, first sorry, blew my load. Blew my load. Sure boy. This is Josh. Doesn't give a last name. Thought that's how I would be. Uh smart man Josh protect that identity. Um <laughs> This is a Nets native diehard fan since uh, 2003. Um, lived in lives in Sydney, Australia now. Um, oh, since last year, so he's on one of those insane Australian schedules. Shout out to all those like international people who do that stuff. That's you know, that's a very impressive life you lead. Um, question: Jake Wiley, poor man's Draymond. To me, he looks better than Rondé ever was. Uh, do you think if he gets minutes, he can prove to be an effective defensive three man? Now, Mike, I don't know how much Jake Wiley you watched over there at the um, uh, what is it, Montana? Where was he from? Yeah, well, I think he was at Montana, then Eastern Washington. Yeah, yeah. He, he um, so you could tell I didn't, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know. He's undrafted. He's old, right? He's like a senior. Yeah, and he's super interesting, and he he kind of even like looks like a Aaron Gordon type, and like on the court, obviously, it's an interesting guy to like suddenly grab because he produced really well at Eastern Washington, and he's super athletic, and they could use super athletic. I mean, but I haven't seen enough from him in summer league to be like have an opinion about I'm, him yet. I'm pulling up his numbers now: two point eight blocks, twenty points, nine point two rebounds. Pretty hefty stat load, Mike. I know. I and I th- that's that's a, also sort of the reason why I don't want the Nets to I'd rather the Nets keep going into the bargain bin, pulling out guys with 10-day contracts or G League contracts, bringing them up, seeing what they have as opposed to signing I mean not just KCP but signing someone that you know 
you sort of know what you're going to get. I'd rather them go for Hassan Whiteside types than, like, you know, KCP. This I'm going to keep bringing up KCP because I'm so against KCP. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm against KCP. I can't help I know, it. We're going to get to that. Um, this is your boy, Lou Estevez. Lou. Um, he gave me a long, long email, as he often does, and I love them and I read them, um, but I'm going to parse them. Um, so this was from a couple of days ago about um, uh, about Porter. So this is this is a little delayed. And I mean, he, he assumed correctly that they would match on Porter. So we can move forward with that. If they don't get him, what do you guys think of KCP at a lower than max contract? I ask because there's some breaking news that Detroit traded for Bradley, meaning that they're done with KCP. At what price would that make sense? Okay, so let's let's just play devil's advocate here, Mike, really quick. Sure. Is there any price you'd be willing to pay for KCP? I think three years, $12 million a year. I don't, yeah. I mean, like, what do I know? But like, I so I looked up Legs and Galloway's contract, which is who the Pistons signed. They signed him for three years, 21 million total overall. Mm-hmm. So it's about $7 million a year. I would think KCP deserves more than that. Um, but he doesn't deserve Tim Hardaway money. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. if the Nets came out and they signed him for the amount that the Knicks just signed Tim Hardaway, would you be happy or sad? No, I'd be sad. It would it would, it would annoy me. Like, I, we, we've already gone on saying, like, my piece about KCP. Um, yeah, it would stress me out. What is your number? Like, what would, what, what, like, if you found out, you were like, oh, you know what? That's actually not terrible. Yeah, I think, I think your number makes sense to me. Um, 12 yeah, million I is, is well, not, okay. 12 million is a decent amount like that is that starter level money you feel comfortable but you're not it's not going to kill your cap sheet you would think and you know yeah. and that's not going to happen that's the thing he turned down 16 million or whatever it was so yeah so i i i'm just so anti i mean so I, i've gotten some good response on twitter about him when i was bashing him that he, you know he's just 24 years old he's been fairly productive he can play defense all that stuff i just once they made the d'angelo russell trade the nets did and they already have Levert. They still have Jeremy Lin there. I know Jeremy Lin will probably get traded this year, um, but like I don't, I don't know why they would necessarily want Cantavius Caldwell Pope. Whoa, you think Jeremy Lin's going to get traded this year, Mike? You might need to expound on that. No, I, don't, I mean, I would, I would, I think the only reason why they would hold on to him if the marketing, marketing, marketing arm of the Nets gets oh, wow. their hands on Mar- Sean Marks. And says, brace, brace yourself, Mike. You're about to your Twitter is about to blow up tomorrow. And says to him, Sean, you you can't do this because him and Daniel Russell are the only two draws that we have at this point. You can't get rid of Jeremy Lin. Just just hang on to him. He's a good net. He's a good leader. Um, I'm sure that's not how they would sell him. But seriously, because if you're just going to look at this plainly and honestly, Jeremy Lin's a veteran point guard on a good contract who who is productive and he will be valuable at the trade deadline. He has a player option at the end of the season. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. You would think that Jeremy Lin would not want to be here. Um, you don't think, and so it would make sense that the Nets would sniff around at a possible deal know. for Jeremy Lin. I don't know, but like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation is. I, 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 could, I wouldn't be surprised either way if he opted out or opted in. I think. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not definite. It's not definite, but because he does seem to like being a net. Like there's like pure the what, like outside of the on the court 
productivity issues that, you know, I, I still have, I still hold hope that he can rectify last season, but the, the bit where he's, you know, on the court with a, with a clipboard, you know, shadowing Kenny Atkinson, those are the kinds of images that make me think that he'll be opting in, you know? Yeah. And I, and again, I'm just, you know, what do I know? But I just think, if you're going to look at this plainly, if Marx is trying to use all of his resources to be, get this team set two, three years down the road, Jeremy Lin doesn't make much sense. I was an advocate for keeping Brook Lopez because I like Brook so much. I like Jeremy Lin not as much, but I like Jeremy Lin. Uh, but if you've already made the Brook Lopez move, well, then the snowball effect is what we were talking about. The snowball effect is Jeremy Lin probably is mm-hmm. on his way out in some way. Um, yes. But I like him. I like him and... You know, I don't really understand the the whole thing of how he can't play with D'Angelo Russell. They're both, I think they're both effective off-the-ball players. Jeremy Lin, Jeremy Lin has been an off-the-ball player for actually most of his career. I mean, he was that way in Charlotte. He played with Kemba Walker. So I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who you're talking about. Like, I, every everywhere I turn, people seem to be like, yeah, works with that Atkinson's deal where two, two combo guards could easily play together. Yeah. Have you heard, have you heard, heard people... Um, poo-pooing the, the no, thing. There seems to be just an awful, awfully amount of articles about like can Jeremy Lin and Daniel Russell play together, and it's both of them saying yes, we can. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I understand why the question is being asked, but it's also like, as you said, Sean or Atkinson's system is pretty simple, and, and if you have he wants multiple ball handlers, these are two guys who have played with multiple ball handlers at different times in their career. I, I mean. It's going to work out. It's going to look pretty nice on the court, those two guys together. But Okay. Yeah, Next yeah. up, Cheerboy, great name. Danny DeBouncer. Uh, I hope that's a real name. Um, thank you, Danny, uh, for, for hitting us up. And I, my apologies because um, he, he specifically wanted a, a, a John Cena theme, but the – it just doesn't make sense from a technical standpoint today. I'm sorry. I'm going to hit yeah, you. I'm going to get you me. back, Danny. Don't worry. Um, says it's killing me that we had to include the number 27 pick to acquire D'Angelo Russell uh, when we're taking Timothy Mozgov. Kyle Kuzma looks like the second coming of Clay Thompson, but it's only Summer League. Do you know why we had to include the number 27 pick for Russell? And speaking of Summer League, none of our guys impress me. It's early, and perhaps another session or two is necessary to judge our young talent fairly, but I'm open to trading anyone not on their rookie contract to get young talent on this team. Um... Aaron Gordon is the guy I covet most. Uh, who do you covet? So a couple of things in there. Um, Mike, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the summer league thing. I think we're, we don't want to beat that dead horse too much, but I, I'm assuming since we're not watching it right now that Isaiah Whitehead's dropping like 50. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, claim that that happened. Um, but uh, I don't know specifically what led to the number 27 pick. Um what do you think, Mike, led to that issue? Well, I imagine a conversation between the Lakers and Nets happened. I don't know who initiated it, probably the Lakers. And the Lakers came to him and said, you know, hey, uh, we want, you know, we'll give you X, we'll give you Julius Randle uh, and Mozgov for Brooke Lopez. And the Nets came back. I don't know this is true. I'm just assuming. The Nets came back to him and said, well, we want, we'll give you Brooke Lopez, but we want, D'Angelo Russell and to take on the Mozgov contract. And then there's a discussion with the Lakers and the Nets get excited 
because, oh my God, we're about to get D'Angelo Russell for an expiring contract, which is a good player, and the franchise is one of its best players, but it's an expiring contract. And then the Lakers, because they are becoming maybe a savvy uh, management team, they they know that that end-of-the-round first-round pick is an asset that they can get at the end of the deal. So as right before they're about to complete the deal, Lakers go back to him and say, why don't you give us that end-of-the-round first-round pick? We want it. You don't want it. And the Nets say, you know what? We really want D'Angelo Russell that bad. We'll, we're willing to do it. Maybe maybe it's Marks throwing the first-round pick in at the end of the deal, but I think it's something the Lakers asked for specifically. And the Nets were like, well, are we going to let the 27th overall pick stand the way of getting the former number two overall pick? Probably not. Uh, I agree, though. I, I, don't, I didn't understand why I was in it in the first place. I would have liked the Nets to have drafted someone in that slot. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys at that time that were interesting enough to have taken. But that's mm-hmm. what I think. That's my pet theory, Brad guy. And what do you think of the Aaron Gordon thing? Do you have anyone, uh, any any young guys that you could, I don't know? I've been wanting to formulate a list. I haven't formulated the list yet of, like, the next yeah. D'Angelo Russell. We maybe need to investigate that. Like, who's the next young guy on a team that maybe the Nets could kind of pilfer like the one that on kind of contract. comes up for me is Tobias Harris. I don't know. I've always That's liked it. Tobias Harris. Yeah, but I don't he's think like he's, he's, under, he's underachieving. Kind of, he seems like a really good player. That's not quite getting the use that usage rate that he should be. And I don't know. Right? Does that feel like a like a normal thing to suggest? Yeah, and I think now, like at the time, his contract seemed big, and now it's at like twelve million a year. I don't, I'm not not yeah. sure about that. Which is like again, twelve million a year is a pretty decent number. Um, and he's from Long Island, which is awesome. And we right. love that. Another thing that's got that. Um, yeah, but I'm going to have to dig into the list because I want to find the next Angela Russell. It's definitely yeah. not Emmanuel Moutier. Don't tell me that it is Emmanuel Moutier because I don't want him on this team at all. Um, in another season, it might be Buddy Heald. Um, could be. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. People kept saying how like what a strong end of the season he had. And I just... That was another one of those like 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 lines that I was like, is it? I don't know. I watched a couple of Kings games at the end of the season and he was just I don't know, chucking. Seemed seemed like a bit of a chucker. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna hold on to him because he's like the owner yeah, apparently loves him and he's the new regime sort of like, you know, baby. Yeah. Um okay, next up. Cheer boy. This is Louis Torres. Um and an oldie and a goodie. Uh thanks for hitting us up again. Louis. Um the fact that uh, we got picks and better player for Hamilton is amazing. From here on, I will never doubt the man. He could go after KCP or hold that money for next year, and it would still be a good move, in my opinion. Um, so there's a person who's just giving uh, marks, good marks across the board and uh-huh. is indifferent about the KCP situation, um, which I see a lot of. I see a lot of – I mean, the Demari uh, Carroll – trade is empirically good i mean yes. is it genius not, it's not it's it's the obvious good thing to do uh which we haven't been even doing obvious good things lately um so that's so that's good i mean it, it's like what we've been we've been putting out there that we're going to be taking salary dumps for a long time so it shouldn't come as any surprise that we're actually doing it right right um and, but, but but they actually yeah. accomplished it right like that's right yeah. and it's like like there's always like teams that are rumored to be wanting this guy or that guy but this the nets actually have accomplished something and like the second round pick is that's one of those things that's like a savvy thing right that's that's a you know that's an extra little sweetener that the nets got that they didn't have before now sean marks doesn't have to go to prokhorov and ask for 2.5 million dollars to buy a second round pick 
he not that we care about Prokhorov saving money, but he he they are saving money because now they're going to have a second round pick already in their in their war chest ready to roll. Um, yeah, I am interested. You know, I'm gonna be well, obviously we're gonna be watching Raptors games pretty intensely now. Um, I just don't know if they're gonna be as good as last year, and if the Raptors and if the Raptors are worse this year than last, then that pick is gonna be like high teens. You know, I mean the East is gonna be so bad that maybe you know maybe I need to factor that in, but um, hopefully, like who's who's to say? Hopefully, there's like a a, a rash of like. Oh, never mind. I won't say anything. <laughs> Putting a, uh, what, I was on the team, huh? what I was trying to go through the Rolodex of diseases was like a safe disease that everyone gets, like chicken pox. Hopefully uh, there's like a chicken foot. pox. They all get an athlete's foot. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of like the safest disease that has no long-term effects, but stops people from playing basketball for three months. Yeah. And I don't know which one that is. Please tweet it. Mono. Mono is the perfect one. Mono. Yes, the kissing friend. disease. Yes, kissing disease. Please. <laughs> All right. Hope, hope um, everyone in Toronto gets mono. Good. Um, next up, cheer boy. This is Nick Gregoriades. Oof. Okay. Nick Gregoriades. Gregor. Gregor. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. That's tough for me. Um, so what do you think? Okay. So he talks about KCP, but then he goes on to talk about um, sending and trading for J. Michael Green, uh, with something like Booker and Joe Harris, uh, Skill Patrick. You think that that would work? So, um, I will confess to have not like watched. I don't like watching the Grizzlies, and I haven't liked watching them for years. Yes, I'm um, with you. I know that that's like the like basketball nerds who love basketball, and I, you know, you know, ostensibly am a basketball nerd, love watching that team. I just don't. I do, I don't. I can't explain it. It's 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 a metaphysical, you know. But I, I get on on you know that that the X's and O's of the team uh, is compelling for some people. That being said, I haven't watched a ton of J. Michael Green and I tried to make up for it uh, a little bit before uh, this. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know about the hype around J. Michael Green. People seem to be very high on him, and uh, I don't fully understand his appeal. Can I say that? Yeah, I mean, he's like a slightly athletic tall dude. So when you're a slightly athletic tall dude, you get, like, love. Sure, but he's 6'9", and he's 27, and his stats are, you know, pretty negligible um he seems to make a lot of like difficult mid-range shots and he has a interesting um like toolsy offensive game where he just sort of makes things happen um but like how many of those guys are we going to need on this team like we need some actual uh reliable like interior scoring or something you know we need like there's a couple of other things higher on the list of priorities i I feel for me personally just me yeah no and and like I would rather have, I think Booker's at $10 million a year and he's an expiring contract. That, again, is an asset. Like, I would rather them hold on to Booker's contract. I like Trevor Booker playing basketball on the Nets. And, like, he's going to be a guy that they're going to be able to throw into some trade at the trade deadline that will save another team some salary in some way. The Nets will be able to pick up maybe another first-round pick. Like, so I would, Jermichael Green has obvious value, but he, I would, I'm all about accumulating first-round picks and Jermichael Green doesn't do that. I think Trevor Booker's contract may do that. And Joe Harris, man, I still feel like we're gonna have a, a Harris, a Harrisance, uh of some kind. He's yeah. gonna, they're just gonna be in a ten-game stretch where that dude's hitting shots, and everyone's gonna go nuts. And then he's gonna get traded to the the, the Cavs or Warriors, and then we're all gonna feel good about it. We're all gonna be happy for him to have departed us. Yeah, um, that's a bold prediction. That's a polarizing prediction. Um, 
You should save, save a drop for that. Um, next up, Cheer Boy. This is Matt. Oh, we haven't Duelka. done polarizing predictions in a while. We should nah, say no, we should, we need to we need to get back to that. That's a good one. Yeah, we should. Um, so appreciate the podcast you guys do. We appreciate you, uh, Matt. Um, he has a, a lengthy thing, so I'll, I'll summarize it. And I so appreciate the the letter. Um, so he says basically the, the the deal is like, what is our crunch time lineup? Um, okay. Do you see it as something like Lynn Russell? Uh, Carol hyphen Mozgov um, hyphen referring to Ronda Hills Jefferson. Um, would you have, um, you know, Russell Levert, Carol, you know, anyways, what, what's the combination? He gives a couple of options um, for me. I think, yeah, obviously the Lyndon Russell thing is the sort of center of this argument. And yes, they will be together at, at crunch time. Correct. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Now the the other thing that's the sort of contentious debate is how much time will Carol Demario Carroll be taking from Karis Levert, um, or if you're you know a Demario Carroll fan, how much time is Levert taking from Demario Carroll? Um, <laughs> for all you Demario Carroll fans out there, yeah. um, so that's for me like I you know it's a it's kind of a concern. I, I'll I'll be honest, you know I would always want to see Levert get minutes over Demario Carroll. Um, so if there's a, there's a version of crunch time where, um, that's not happening, like that'll start to annoy me. I can foresee. Yeah. But I still think, so this kind of goes crunch time is an interesting brand of basketball because you can do offense, defense, all that crap. So I still see Carol as a power forward in those situations. Um, the problem is Levert's three point shooting still isn't good enough. Like, so you're going to have Lynn and Russell out there, two pretty decent three point shooters at the ball handling spots. You put Carroll at the four, that's a not quite a plus three-point shooter at the four, but that's pretty good. What stinks is that, like, are we really going to live in a world where Mozgov's on the, at the, on, the, on the floor at the end of games? Like, the, the problem is that the Nets, don't have, they, the Nets don't have a power forward who can play five. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's Booker, but, like, really Booker should not be playing the five. And that's sort of yeah. that weak spot that they have because – like there's no like they can go small. When I'm looking at the lineup, it's Lynn Russell, Levert, Carroll, which is small. But then it's Mozgov is still in there. So then you're still being put in a situation where if Mozgov's in a pick and roll, you don't like love that. Like you don't love the fact that he's defensively going to be put into a pick and roll. But yeah, but Lynn and Russell I mean, are, are on there for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can also consider the fact that like Randy Foy was part of the crunch time team next to Jeremy Lynn. Hit the um, game winner, man. Yes, game, uh, in Randy. our eyes, uh, collectively. Um, another thing that like I haven't we haven't talked about much at all, um, and I don't think there's really an email for this is like, is the second unit going to be run with the same combo guard deal as the first unit? Like, is are we going to be putting Dinwiddie and Whitehead in at the same time? Um, yeah. Yes. yes. I think I think that's a definite. I think those two dudes are going to play together a lot this year. I think Levert is going to take. They're going to do. It's going to be some interesting the way they're going to do Levert. Rondé House Jefferson, Damari Carroll's minutes because I think um, Levert's going to get like bench unit ball handling responsibilities. Like he'll be a starter, I believe, but he's also then going to play with the bench unit some and be like the main distributor because I think they want to give him those reps. But still, mm-hmm. they're going to have Dinwiddie. I mean, it's going to be a rotation on the bench of Dinwiddie, Kilpatrick, and Isaiah Whitehead. And it's just going to be sort of rotating all three of those dudes on the bench. I don't know what's Kilpat. I mean, let's, we got it. We 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 got to kind of move along on this pod, but I don't want to. We'll have a Kilpatrick discussion another time because I don't know what he's okay. doing on this team. 
Um, okay, moving on to Jack Delaney, your boy. Um, so um, he loves the Nets are back drop. You can give it to him. Can you give him one drop? No. All right, good. Um, sorry, <laughs> we'll get you next. We'll get you next time, Jack. Uh, so he's saying, uh, can you give me a top five rank for these remaining uh, free agents? <laughs> most most to least desirable. Um, okay, so he, he lists a couple guys. He's got KCP, J. Michael Green, guys we talked about. Uh, John Simmons, um, there's another person, Myrdick. Uh, Return of the Plums, Deadman, Ursan Elisova, Luke Mba Mute, uh, David Lee, and Alex Len. Um, so I'm not going to go through all, all of them and, and like list them. I think the people that I, I find intriguing um, or like did and dug into it a little bit, like Mirtich, um, Mirtich, uh, it seems like someone I would be interested in. I did some reading about his like current... Uh, plight uh, in free agency. The Bulls fans in general are totally nonplussed. Uh, don't care. <laughs> don't, <laughs> like, yeah, well, whatever. Miradik's not not important to us in any meaningful way. Uh, his uh, the issue with him is a identity crisis, is what they claim, which I think is interesting and, and very telling about a player uh, that he thinks he's like this spot up shooter, but he's more like a goofy layupy lanky guy. Okay, um, and we don't want that on this team. Like, right? You don't want a dude who just jacks up threes when he shouldn't be jacking up threes. Right. So that scared me off, and apparently the Bulls are are playing it uh, pretty pretty loose. Like they they if they'll wait to see what a another team offers before doing anything. Right. So it seems to be he's he's there to be had. Um, another dude that I find like sort of interesting as a version of a reclamation project is Alex Len. Yes. Um, yes. So. I'm, I'm in on the Alex Len train or ship or car or bus. Um, the bus. The only thing is, is that I don't, I don't want to overpay for Alex Len, and he's a restricted free agent. And I fear that there's a tendency to overpay for restricted free agents because if you're going to offer that the people that money, you you would want you know like you actually want to get them. Um, like, what should Alex Len be worth? I don't know. You give him a two year. With a player opt out for six million dollars a year, maybe that's super cheap, but something like that. Um, with the player opt out, it gives him a shot to go back in free agency if he's really good. He is interesting though. I mean, he's a former high round pick. He's athletic, but you would think he would have, you think he would have been able to have done something so far because everyone on the Suns gets playing time. So like, yeah. you know, but he's he he if if like if the if the price on him gets pretty low the Nets should definitely hop on that because he, he he would play on this team if Mozgov is going to get you know 25 minutes a game Alex Len's going to get some time uh but you still have Jared Allen there I actually did rank him you know because I, I looked at this ahead of time oh you did wow, yeah Mike you no. son of a gun and like I'm killing KCP but he is the most interesting guy right I think like he's the best free agent out there right now is that right do you think yes okay so I still think he's number one I like Jonathan Simmons, you know, just because I saw him dunk a couple of times in the playoffs. I love that. <laughs> Dwayne Dedman, same thing. It was a long way, those, those playoff dunks, don't they? You know, what's interesting, though, is I think both of those guys are restricted free agents, and there's this sort of belief in the NBA that Spurs guys don't, like, you know, uh, they don't undercut other Spurs people. And mm-hmm. it's Marks, you would think, would if he, he would like to offer restricted free agent contracts to those dudes, but... He hasn't, and maybe he hasn't because he has some kind of allegiance to Pop and Buford. So I wonder mm-hmm. if he's not being as aggressive with the Spurs because 
again, there's this belief that Spurs guys just don't really do that. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's KCP, Simmons, Deadman, Jamichael Green, and Miritich. I mean, I put Miritich at the five just because he is a decent player, you know, and he fits yeah. a role. Uh, but uh, of all those guys, the the price has to be so low that I don't like that. I would take it. That's you know, the only. I'm I'm still in the belief that they should just hold on to this beautiful little gem of cap space and use it to get other pretty gems out there of first round picks. That's my belief. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, next up, cheer boy. This is Justin from Dallas. Um, originally from M- NJ and eventually New York, but now in Dallas. Um, thanks for hitting us up. He's touched on a bunch of the stuff that we kind of already went uh, in on with KCP and stuff. Just generally very approving of the offseason we've had so far, which is nice to see a lot of positive vibes out there, Mike, these days. For sure. Um, just wanted to uh, include Justin. Um, next up, Cheerboy, uh, Jesus Cortez. Um so he says, what do you think will be the Nets' final roster and starting lineup? I guess so. This is <clears throat> here. We are really going to beat this dead horse. But if we do somehow get Contavious Caldwell Pope, is he a starter? Yeah. And, uh, and where the hell does he fit in? Okay, that's what's okay. That's a very interesting question. And I think they go. I think Levert moves to the bench. I think KCP mm-hmm. plays the three, the nominal three. Uh, mm-hmm. Lynn, it's Lynn, Russell, KCP, uh, you know, Rondé or Carroll or Booker or whoever you want to put there, and then Mozgov. Uh, because I don't think they really care about the traditional, we need a 6'8 dude on the wing to play that spot. I mean, KCP is 6'5. He's known to be a talented-ish defender, and I think they would rather have sort of full offensive power out there if they were to get KCP. You cannot, I mean... they. What's funny is I've heard Lynn move to the bench debate. Why, why would you move him to the bench? He's probably your best player, right? He's Lynn. Yeah, probably the Nets' it's, best player. Pro- probably, probably. So, it's at least like in, until this next uh, level of Super Saiyan that we're all hoping and and, and waiting for from D'Angelo Russell. Yes. What do you see? Where are you going with the if yeah, you KCP signs? I think that's right. Him? I mean, the Contavious Caldwell Pope thing really. That's that's partly why I just don't really see this happening. It's like the, I don't know how loaded do we need to be at the wings. It it would really tell me a lot about like what what this team strategy will be because that that for me is uh, basically like it's it's like acquiring that 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 for me will say uh, this is not going to be the like these players are all going to be pretty tradable or whatever going forward. Um, like these, that these are not. Um, individuals who you will count on being your very long because that's a team that has a bunch of weaknesses a very odd very oddly constructed you know what i mean yeah and so you, could, you cannot play you cannot play lynn russell kcp and lavert all at the same right. time that would be yeah. that would be crazy yes um but but i think you're i think you're right like if they sign contavious caldwell popo to have to be because the price is really good and they think jeremy lynn is they're going to trade him right because because if you trade lynn at some point then you go Russell, KCP, Levert, and then it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, but while you have Jeremy Lin, you, you're not going to bench the dude. That would be a strange move. Um, well, tell you what, Mike, we've got so many. Uh, we've got we've got maybe a little bit too many emails this week. Yeah, and, I, and there, there's a question I want to get to next time. Um, there's a belief out there maybe this team is a playoff team, and I think next pod 
Oh man, that's the next. That's the Ben. I know Ben Davar. Shout out. It's the next one. Anyway, right, we'll but that, that is too deep of a question because I've I've sort of sketched it out, and I think maybe we tease ahead. Next yeah, time we smart. pod, we'll talk sort of where the what what this team has done and how it will impact um, their playoff chances. Brian, it's really freaking smart, Mike. Um, also, real quick, we didn't even talk Otto Porter. Um, doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, like, just just a, like we're okay with how this has been handled. And yes, well, let's say actually hear it from you, Mike. How, how are you feeling about how it's as a Wizards uh, freak, as a Wizards fanboy? Uh, I um, mean, are you happy about this? Am I happy? I don't care. I mean, he was always going to get a max contract, and he did. And the Nets made the smart decision. And I think it's funny that there's a belief out there that the Nets will be penalized down the road from other teams because they're doing all this restricted free agency stuff. It's That's like, insane. isn't this part of the game? This is part of, you know, like it's, it's not even like a weird rule. It's a, it's, there's two parts of free agency. There's unrestricted and restricted and to not play in one market is, is kind of crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, nobody, let me, uh, there was an article, like, uh, I forget who put it out there, but that, that, yeah, this would be like, not, won't be soon forgotten. I guarantee nobody will care about this in two days. If, if they haven't already forgotten about it, they will. Maybe that's, maybe there is a small thing. Like why the Blazers won't, won't call the nets to dump crab is because they're not going to, they don't want to be like, you know, Yeah, but I feel like that's more like the optics than, than, I mean, there's, there's reasons for that that are sort of PR related, you know? Like you don't want to be, you don't want to get got that hard. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry. There we go. Uh, we just can, we could just keep going and going, Mike. Know, That's right? how I feel There's about something. about talking to you on this pod. All right. Well, this was our pod. Thank you for listening. Um, check us out, BK Glue Guys on Twitter. We're almost at a thousand followers, Brian. Yeah. Oh, and uh, five star reviews on iTunes. It helps us so freaking much. I can't even tell you. Um. Send us as much money as you can on Venmo. No, um, just mail it actually to Mike in a paper bag. Would you please do? All right. Well, thank you for listening. Keep listening. Find us netsdaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio. Brian, Michael, good talking to you. Good talking. Thank you. Hey, thanks everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. 